You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the 3AM Podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. Been doing this for a few years now. We're coming up on four. Damn, it's been that long, dude? Yeah. Telling stories, making light of it all. (laughs) So... This is uh, still the beginnings of this uh, new form content that we're experimenting with, which is more of a deep dive, one story a week, longer form, more complete versions of of story. We hope you guys are enjoying. We briefly talked about it earlier, and uh, it feels pretty good so far. So we'll see how else it goes and how, how it grows. On that note... Today, we put out a message on Discord and our Instagram. Um, If you're not on either, you're hearing it now, but we're wanting to, with this long-form content and deep dives, start like a research team. The goal for this team is to do just that, but really help us like farm good, good content. I'm talking about like history, facts, articles, different forms of media from images to audio to video personal stories whether it's from you or somebody you know but uh yeah just like really really kind of uh dissecting specific topics and we'll let the research team know in advance what those topics are so they can have a have a chance to spend some time on it yeah kind of i don't know help us help help you guys more so Things like that. We've talked about it in the past because like a lot of the times we'll share a story about a topic and then after the fact, we'll have like six, seven, ten listeners send things in after we've covered it. Yeah. And it will be like, oh my gosh, my mom was there or oh my gosh, you know, I live right by that. This and this happened. And so it's sort of a way to like put the bat signal out before we cover a topic, see if anyone is close to the story or has mm-hmm. like unique knowledge stories that we can include when we cover it rather than always going back. So it's been fun so far. Like we've only been doing it for one day and already it's yielded some things. <laughs> uh, we yeah. have like a private channel that we're all chatting on and I can, I see it going somewhere. Like it could be really fun. So yeah, if you're interested at all, head over to our discord or hit us up on IG. Yeah. So uh, somebody in chat said, if we have an idea for a story, should we DM it to you or post it in the channel? Yeah. Either or, we're going to try to centralize the conversations within that uh, Discord, yeah, like Discord channel, thing. so yeah. everyone's on the same page. So, if that's something you're interested in, reach out to us, get connected on Discord, and we'll add you to that channel, give you the researcher role. 
But uh, dope. yeah, pretty exciting. There's not a ton of structure to it right now. So we're, we're going to start building that out, like what the expectations are, because we want this to be, I guess, effective. <laughs> like we want people who are good at this. Okay. Yeah. If it, if it goes well, I don't know, maybe, maybe some compensation involved. So dope, dope. All right. Yeah. You want to get into it? How are, how are you doing, Charles? Uh, tired. I've been up since three. So 3 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Shit. How's baby? Good. Baby's healthy. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll give the listeners an update. Guys, just an update on me and my life. I'm working remote. Uh, I'm recording remote, as you can see by my shitty-ass camera. And uh, baby is healthy. Mom's healthy. So I can't, I can't complain. We finally have reached like a, a state of normalcy, and now we're just trying to like figure out schedules and routine. So that's where we're at. It's, uh, it feels really good. I'm high risk, or the baby's high risk for the cold, so I... They've suggested I stay away from as many people as possible. So that's where we're at. Thank you for all the kind words mm-hmm. and the support. And that's us. All right. Yes, getting sir. into stories. So we talked about uh, covering different topics. I don't know why. I can't remember what it was. But the topic I decided to choose, I felt like uh, is a perfect topic for the Halloween season. So to open, I'm going to read a quote. <laughs> and the quote is diabolical forces are formidable these forces are eternal and they exist today the fairy tale is true the devil exists god exists and for us as people our very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow and uh that's a quote by a famous american demonologist by the name of ed warren and for those For those who are into the paranormal at all or have seen a scary movie in the last 20 years, uh, you're probably (laughs) likely familiar with Ed and Lorraine Warren. So we've decided to cover them. Uh, This is potentially a part one. We'll see how it goes because there's just so much to cover. These two are iconic figures in the paranormal. They've done over a thousand investigations all over America. Oh, before I dive in, sorry. Before I dive in too deep, uh, I got a lot of my information from one, the movies that we've seen. Uh, Two, Wendigoon did a video on the Warrens. Um, And then three, Sean was kind enough to purchase a book called The Demonologist by Gerald Brittle or Gerald. Um, and it's basically a book that like deep dives into the lives of the Warrens and it's crazy dense with info. Like, um, that's why I said this might be a part one because he got it a couple days ago and I've had a couple days to like get into it. And I'm only like six chapters in out of like, I don't know, like 30 chapters. You know what I mean? So anyway, (laughs) regardless, crazy, crazy book. It's, it's really, um, in depth. And I've been enjoying it so far. It's like, I really like it. So those are the sources. Uh, Let's talk about the Warrens. When I say the Warrens, what do you guys, what comes to your mind? Like anything off the bat before your research? The Conjuring. All their movies. The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Nun, uh, La Llorona. Dude, crazy how many are, are, uh, what's it called? inspired by them i think there's like more than 25 movies and shows the crooked man the nurse the nun the conjuring one two the conjuring three annabelle annabelle two annabelle three the the haunting in connecticut the haunted amityville horror there's like 20 versions of the amityville horror (laughs) 
<risa> la, la, la Llorona 1, 2, 3. 4, 5, 6, baby. <laughs> so, needless to say, like, uh, their life is a treasure trove of experiences and um, knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. They're a pretty controversial figure in paranormal as far as like how accurate and how truthful all of their accounts are. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of, uh, what's it called? People out there who question maybe all the stories. So tonight we're going to go forward uh, having fun, assuming everything is real, but we might talk a little bit about those skeptics at the end. Um, Anyway, DJ, can you pull up photo one? Yeah, I got you. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, while DJ pulls that up. American paranormal investigators. Ed on the right is a self-taught, self-professed demonologist. Um, one of his like monikers or one of his uh, calling card things is he's the only non-clergy official demonologist and exorcist uh, that's recognized by the Catholic Church. So he's like not a not a priest, not or anything like that, and he's the only one they're like, yeah, yeah, he's legit. So he yeah, he's got legit. The, yeah, that's he like got a, the hood that's like pass a, from the Vatican. Yeah, yeah, that's like getting the N word faster, like an American getting dubbed sir by the Queen. Yeah, there you go, Lorraine. Lorraine on the left. Um, she's a self-proclaimed clairvoyant. She, uh, since a young age, like saw auras and would see things that she thought were kind of normal. And then eventually in her life learned that they weren't normal. Like not everyone sees (laughs) auras or sees like visions of the future, things like that. And so these two had a relationship. They worked really closely together. They've always had a, an interest in the paranormal and it kind of by accident potentially became their entire life. And they spent most of their life doing paranormal investigations and trying to help people. So we're going to dive into them. Um, In 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, or NESPR, which is dope. I think that's some nerd shit. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) We're getting there. We're Uh, getting there. It's it's part of 3AM, to be honest. (laughs) And Honestly, yeah, with the whole research group, it's kind of like in the same vein of what what they did. It's the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Oh, yeah, easily, if not above. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, their contribution to paranormal and physical or psychic research is just huge. Like the knowledge that they bring, the way that they clarify types of entities, types of hauntings. Um, Ed got really into collecting uh, video and photographic evidence. And so he has a huge, uh, what's it called? A huge like library of photo evidence. Yeah. And we will see a couple tonight. So their understanding with like God, the devil, um, angels, demons, ghosts is all through the lens of like Catholicism because they were Catholic growing up. And so like that is the paradigm in which they see good and evil life after life. I feel like uh, the Catholic church, as far as like demons have had like, a chokehold on how American society like sees demonic possession, demons and and hauntings. It's like every scary movie you see, it's a Catholic priest, a bottle of holy water. Power of Christ compels you. (laughs) Yeah. Chucking that shit. So this is that same thing. Uh, If you've seen like the exorcist, like it's the same rules and engagements are very similar throughout their lives. They had a ton 
of notable cases. A lot of those cases became inspirations for the scary movies that we, we mentioned before. And like I said, they have skeptics. There's people out there who have like set their whole life on disproving them. So, uh, whether you believe or not, some of the stories are really fun and, uh, we'll dive into some of them. So, like I said, Sean got me the book, the demonologist and like, dude, right off the bat, super fun. The way it starts, hella fun. Uh, like I said, it's is it, by, how, how does it how does it read? Is it like a biography kind of thing, or is it science fiction? Definitely not science fiction. Uh, Gerald but Brittle, I think he like interviewed them. He talked to people. The very beginning, he talks about how he vetted this book, and and believe it or not, like it's it's up to you. But this is what he says, and I'm going to present it as he presents it. Um, but he talks a lot about how he vetted this book. And there was a lot of, there's a ton of stories he left out because there just wasn't enough evidence. So he really tried to only include the stories that had eyewitness accounts. Damn. Yeah. Eyewitness accounts, photo, video, multiple people there. Uh, they were recognized by the Vatican. Uh, priests were there and like signed off. So he he talks a lot about how like the the Warrens, at least in in the circles they were running with, running in, were widely respected and like uh, valid in the eyes of like the Vatican and a ton of researchers. So like that's how he starts. He attests to their like how good they were and he says like they were just generally good people who, who had like good, happy outlooks on life. And like their whole goal was to just like help people overcome these hard situations and maybe find resolution or get some peace. Um, but right after he does all that, we open up right into the thick of things. Uh, Ed and Lorraine are in the middle of an investigation. They've spent their whole day at a haunting in a house, and they witness some pretty heavy things. Uh, they drive all the way home from Long Island, New York, and they finally get to their home. Lorraine goes up to her room. She's getting ready for bed. She grabs one of her books and she starts reading while Ed goes downstairs. He goes to his office, which is like a small, cozy cottage that's like separate from the house, connected only by a long, dark hallway. So he's like in his own little, his own little uh, world and he's writing notes down about the day and the investigation. Uh, you can imagine he has like, it's dark, it's stormy, it's late at night, it's New England. He has an office full of photos and books and knickknacks and uh, books on the occult, books on religion, and he's writing away and he's doing all these notes. So as he's writing, the clock ticking chimes three times, signaling it's 3 a.m., he stops writing for a second. He's quiet and he looks around. Nothing. Goes back to writing. As he's going through his notes, he hears Lorraine come down the stairs. He hears the latch of the door click and her take three steps into the hallway. And uh, he continues to write and he's excited because he's like, yeah, I really could use like a cup of coffee right now. So this is nice. And he leans back in his chair. He looks down the super dark hall and he goes, I'm in here. Lorraine? Lorraine, no answer. All at once, 
he can hear the wind of the of the what's it called the wind of the storm outside and it starts to grow louder a shift in the room he has goosebumps he thinks about everything that just happened and he realizes she only took three steps and she stopped something's going on as he thinks that the lights go out in his office the temperature drops to freezing and the entire room is filled with the overwhelming odor of sulfur and ed knows what the fuck is up this is not his first rodeo <laughs> the howl of the wind starts to grow and he realizes it's not outside it's inside he looks down the dark hallway and he can see like a dark shadow taking shape it starts small and it starts growing and it's getting it becomes like the shape of a man and it gets huge it like fills the hallway and as he's watching it the howling gets louder and the dark shadow starts to take a more solid shape he knows what this is he knows what's going on and he knows i have to act quick so he opens his drawer real quick grabs holy water grabs a crucifix and stands up and as he takes a couple steps towards the shadow the shadow moves defiantly towards him and he's like oh shit <laughs> so he starts uncorks the holy water starts throwing it on the shadow and he hits the shadow with the ancient prayer of or command rather in the name of jesus christ i command you to leave the shadow stops in its tracks but it doesn't disappear he raises his cross one more time ready to yell and it's slowly at first but then quickly disappears out the back of the door as it's leaving it hits ed with a vision and he sees his wife lorraine in a violent car crash as he's kind of trying to like contemplate or like uh, understand what he's seeing he hears the sound of animals in the hallway attacking each other fighting for their life one is ripping the other one it sounds as if like a dog is shredding another animal so all of this is one experience like yeah shadow disappears and then i don't and know then almost he like residual sees the vision kind of sees the vision of lorraine dying and hears the animals all at the same time wow and because he hears the animals he knows there's no animals in my house there's no animals in the hallway this thing is not gone and his thoughts travel upstairs to lorraine who's in the bedroom now switching over to lorraine she's upstairs she's in a room she's all ready for bed she's reading her favorite book and over the years of doing paranormal investigations she's gotten really accustomed to not going to sleep until ed is there it's kind of like you know just their routine she goes upstairs and reads he goes and works in his office as she's working she pauses because she can sense something and she hears a loud boom in the house at downstairs at first she said it's a repeated boom 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 it sounds as if someone's like hitting a corrugated iron sheet and she could hear something like moving from room to room and and very quickly a couple things happen her dogs the hair stands up on the back of their body she knows that there's a force in the house and it's searching for her and it's moving closer to her 
as she's like or understanding all this, the door to her room bursts open and this shadow like zooms into the room. Instantly, she's like paralyzed. She can't speak and an insane amount or feeling of like hopelessness overcome her. And it sounds like sleep paralysis. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The room is freezing. She can see her breath. It's holding her down. And psychically, she said, I knew that this was a spirit of death. It wanted me. It wanted my being. And so in her mind, she tries to call on the name of God. And as she does that, she's able to like finally regain movement in her body. And she hits the shadow with a cross. She does some ninjutsu or some shit. (laughs) Hits him with that Christian ninjutsu. And when she hits him with the cross, the shadow like releases her. At the same time, Ed runs into the room. And as he runs into the room, the shadow pauses and then zooms up and out of their chimney. Their chimney. Santa Claus, dude. Did you say their chimney? Yeah. (laughs) And it's gone. Some evil Santa Claus shit right there. (laughs) This is like how the book opens. This kind of sounds like a casual encounter that these two experience potentially on a like regular basis, dude. (laughs) This was just a normal Tuesday night. (laughs) That's a classic opening for like any of those like uh, Conjuring movies too. Kind like of, the yeah. super yeah. jarring experience to open up the got the some scene. good jump scares. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, so this is how we open. This is Ed and Lorraine's life. They've created a life of paranormal, paranormal investigation where they travel around the country, actually around the world, trying to help people. And uh, they really are, from what it sounds like, in a constant battle between good and evil in like a very real, visceral way. They would travel around the U.S. holding conferences or conventions uh, where they would give like, what's the word? Shit. Lectures. They would have lectures mm. uh, where they would go over all of their stuff. And and this was in a time in like the 80s, the 90s. Satanic, satanic panic, dude. Exactly. Yep. So out of nowhere, they're they're getting way interested in... Like when they were young, they start getting really interested in the paranormal. They start like uh, doing paranormal investigations and then satanic panic happens. So the public is super interested. Are and they, so they start uh, doing kind of uh, the champion of like these, like these Christians who are like really fighting it or are they like kind of worry of, of it? You know what I mean? No, explain. You see what I'm asking? Cause like the satanic panic was met with like, super overzealous Christians who are taking everything D like don't play D and D. Yeah. Don't like, and like, this is like the devil at work and it might seem like fun and whatever those people who was Ed and Lorraine warned to them. Do we know where like, they, where did they like, fall on that? Yeah. Where they like, Oh cool. Like this is good. They're fighting evil or. So actually that's like great question. Um, they kind of address it. So, at these lectures and these town meetings across the U.S., they would end with Q&As, question and answers, and that would last for hours. The public was interested. They had questions, and uh, they addressed that in saying, like, they do believe that a casual attitude towards the occult 
is is dangerous. It doesn't always yield bad results, but it is like playing with fire. Who believed Ed and Lorraine or Yeah. And uh, Ed talked about that. He said, like, you know, like these things do have they can yield results, uh, but they don't guarantee results. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So it seemed like it didn't seem like they were like, you know, the religious zealot that was like, we need to, you know, ban dr- Dungeons and Dragons, but they were like, <laughs> this is definitely nothing to like play around with. And like, it is a path that if you accidentally go down, like you could find yourself in a spot where you don't want to be found. Makes you know sense. What I mean? Yeah. So the public continues to ask questions. They have a thirst for knowledge. And one of them is, uh, they're asking about the particular case that these two were investigating at the time. And they said, so is the house haunted? You know, is there ghosts there? Is there a haunting? And Ed thinks for a moment and he says, yes, but not by a human ghost. And everyone's, you know, perks up. And what do you mean by that? Can you explain? And he basically goes, yeah, there's two kind of hauntings. There's one ghosts, which are basically human spirits who have died, who have not yet passed on. They haven't accepted their time or maybe they died in a uh, traumatic. In an abrupt traumatic way where they just haven't fully accepted that they have died and that they've moved on. And that's like mm-hmm. common. Um, he said, not everyone becomes ghosts. It's more likely those who have died unexpectedly. Um, they have a higher chance. He said, these spirits will more than likely move on once they've realized and accepted that they have died they will often f- seek out familiar surroundings. So they'll like stay at home or wherever they spent most of their time for a long time. They won't realize they're dead. So they'll, they'll see their family members and they won't fully understand why everyone's ignoring them and not interacting with them. They'll be really confused. And this will get to the point where they will manifest like things moving. They'll try to reach out and contact their family members, which will scare them. And then the family calls Ed and Lorraine and Ed and Lorraine come in make contact with the spirit, tell the spirit it's time to move on. And, and Lorraine would do this with her psychic abilities and then the spirit would move on. So that was like a lot of their encounters or investigations would follow that pattern, right? So it's pretty benign. It's a family member or someone who used to live there who just hasn't realized and with the help of the Warrens would move on. That's the first type of haunting. The second type, you guys want to guess? Demons. Uh, it's what they call an inhuman demonic spirit. So to put it... No bueno. To put it straight, inhuman entities that have never walked this earth in a human body, diabolical spirits fixed in a perpetual rage against man and God. These ones... <sighs> Way more terrifying, way more dangerous. It seems a bit more rare, but they've had a lot of or a lot of interactions and encounters with these as well. Hmm. Um, he goes on to say, spirits are n- not limited by physical restraints. Some people were like, "Is it true that demons can't cross water? You know, they can't like do this, do that." And he said, "Nope, spirits are not limited by physical restraints," and even thinking about them is enough to call them. <laughs> so, 
So have fun tonight, everyone. <laughs> when you're lying in bed and all you can think about is this. All right. So that's a little introduction to that, the book, uh, their backgrounds. How did these two get into the paranormal? What's their story? We'll start with Ed first. Any questions or anything so far? No. No, sounds good. I'm on board. Cool, cool. Uh, we'll start with Ed first. Ed was five years old when he had his first encounter that he can remember. Um, he remembered growing up in a home with his family, and there was like a landlady who was a very old, crotchety, angry old woman. Um, she kept to herself. She didn't have any family. She would spend most of her day looking out her window trying to catch the neighborhood kids doing something wrong. And when she did, she would burst out her front door screaming like a banshee at him. Straight up Matilda. <laughs> yeah. I miss Trunchbull. Yeah, Trunchbull right there. <laughs> um, so she passes away. A year or two later, Ed's five years old. He's in his room playing when he hears his closet door open up behind him. He turns around and he sees a small orb of light. And he's staring at this light in his, in his closet. And the light elongates and gets bigger and taller until finally it takes the shape of the old woman. The room is cold. The feeling's bad. And I think she lunges out at him and then disappears. He remembers he was five at the time. He didn't fully understand that this was like an extra or a paranormal event. He didn't comprehend what happened, but he remembers telling his father and his father said, Ed, never speak of that again. Do not tell anyone. <laughs> Tells everyone. <laughs> yeah. So he put it in his book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lorraine, she actually grew up like... Wait, wait. Was that it on Ed and his experiences That's like up? his first experience, yeah. Because I kind of introduced him. I have one from when he was a kid. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's short, but uh, I believe it was his grandpa. Uh, his grandpa, in his old age, walked around with a cane, and he always knew where his grandpa was in the house because of the cane and the cadence of his footsteps. Grandpa passed away. Not long after, I think he was still in single-digit ages, so still young, but he remembers distinctly one night after grandpa had passed away, listening to grandpa walk around the house and then start walking up the stairs towards his bedroom. At which point he enters into his room at, and uh, Ed, young Ed, had already Under the protected himself with, you know, the yeah. covers. So he's safe. But he's listening to his grandpa with the, the limp and the cane and turn to his room and walk back and forth around his bed. So that was uh, another instance of, because uh, the first one was who? His grandma or? Uh, Just the, the crotchety a old neighbor. Lady. neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some okay. bitch. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, his grandpa kind of was too, like, damn, I'm trying to sleep Leave right me now. alone. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop creeping, homie. Um, but yeah, that was uh, another. Can't uh, you see I'm sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> that was another story of uh, <laughs> his childhood and how he was uh, exposed to these kind of things at an early age. Hell yeah. 
So things like that really like uh, solidified the idea that there's more after this life. And he remembers, or Ed talks about like he went to a Catholic school. They learned about go or spirits and God and the devil. And he was never really interested. He wasn't like a insanely devout kid. Um, and at one point, he, I think he's visited by his grandma in a dream. And she says, Ed, you are going to show the Catholic church the way, but you'll never like hold office in the church or something like that. Like you'll never be a priest. So anyway, he kind of knew he had some calling, but he wasn't sure. Meanwhile, Lorraine, she grows up like miles away from Ed. They're very close together. They met in their teens and that's when they like started dating. So it's like a beautiful love story. But Lorraine remembers. That's that's, that's good for Ed though. Like he doesn't have to be clergy. He doesn't have to stay yeah, abstinent. Best of both worlds, he dude. Can, yeah, he's like. <laughs> he can have still, the blessings of heaven, dude, and still smash, you know. You can still I'm about clap that. spirits and clap cheeks, baby. <laughs> clap sheets and cheeks, you know. Um, But Lorraine, her earliest memory was at a school. I think she went to a Catholic school. And they were planting a tree out front. It was like this big event. And she remembers watching the nuns put the seed in the ground. And instantly, when she, they put the seed in the ground, she sees in her mind's eye the the fully mature grown tree. And she remembers staring up and looking at the leaves. And she's like in wonder. And she kind of thinks this is normal for everyone. She's really young. And one of the nuns sees her and says like, child, what are you doing? What are you looking at? She goes, the tree. I can see it. Like, can't you? It's It's beautiful. And then Un says, are you, are you seeing the future? And she goes, well, I guess I am. And the nun, like in classic angry nun fashion, like punishes her for weeks. And she kind of learns this isn't normal. I should hide this. And, uh, it's something she kind of kept hidden for a really long time. Basically, a lot of it is like, she can sense things. She can feel things. Sometimes she can see things. And, uh, a lot of it started with like auras. She thought everyone could see auras and the auras would tell you like everything from your emotional, spiritual and like physical state. So she thought everyone walked around this earth, like seeing auras and could like read this shit from people. So these two met in their teens. Um, they dated, they fell in love. At one point, Ed is called away to fight in world war two. He goes away. And when he comes back, uh, he's, gone to school for art and so the two of them have decided they're going to be artists and what they decide to do is marry their love and interest of art and their paranormal and they travel the country searching for haunted houses and this is what they would do they would hear about a haunted house let's say in connecticut they would go to that haunted house they would set up an easel they draw the haunted house or paint it. Then Lorraine would go up to the door, this young teenage Lorraine, she's probably like 18, knock on the door and be like, hi, like my husband and I were artists. Uh, We've heard stories about this house and we'd love to give you this painting uh, if you'd be willing to share with us some information. And just like that, everyone, they did that too pretty much, come on in. And they tell them their entire story. This is what's happening. We have this haunting. We've seen this spirit, this ghost. And dude, they're like the original podcasters. They went around the U.S. (laughs) in their Chevy truck just collecting stories and stories and experiences. And it took them like states. They traveled all over the U.S. doing this. And their knowledge grew and their experience grew. 
and they got strength plus five and in magic plus five and they just like grew in this profession <laughs> until it became like their full on that's what they did that's literally how they uh, got their foot in the door <laughs> of this of True. this world that's dope though uh just painting the house and be like yo i painted your house now tell me everything yeah. about it <laughs> yeah and back then people just were more, more trusting so they just got into every door dude <laughs> yeah. Can we try to do that um, nowadays you'd be like nah get the f- out of here yeah yeah i'm calling the police and that drawing is evidence you're going to jail uh you can show if you want you can show photo two dj so what is this so they're popular first of all do you notice anything we're kind of blocking it but oh they got the same lamp as you dog i know it's like it's meant to be um that's amazing so their popularity grows, they their influence grows, and uh, like I said, it gets to the point where like they're traveling the U.S., giving these lectures, and like educating the public, and they're like called in as experts by the Catholic Church and by people. So if people have a haunting and they're getting desperate, like you don't call the Ghostbusters, you call the Warrens, <laughs> and if they like hear you and they decide they want to help, they show up. So that's where we're. I wonder how at. they. I wonder how they decided who to help and who not to help. I bet um, it was a lot feeling. Yeah. Intuition. Like reading the situation, talking to people. Yeah. I'm sure severity, mm-hmm. like how severe this case was. I wonder if they turned down any cases because it was too much for them. Or too or much, if, like too intense? Yeah. Or if they took on every single one. Bro, if they turned down some that are too intense, bro, I want to know what the f- those ones were. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the house that the Warrens refused to visit. <laughs> Ooh, that's a maybe, crazy maybe we one, have one of those dude. yeah uh so their notoriety grows they have more and more cases and over the years they start collecting artifacts and cursed items and keeping them in their home and their idea behind this is some of these artifacts and like cursed objects are so dangerous that it's way safer if they keep them in their home where they regularly perform cleansing or prayers and blessings rather than having these things loose in the world where they can be used to cause harm. Even like they they didn't even want to destroy it. One, because I feel like they needed the evidence. It could release the spirit too. That they also needed like the evidence to show like their, for their work amongst other things. Yeah. It was, if you have it in sight, in mind, like, you have a sense more or less of control over it. I feel like totally yeah. keep your enemies closer. Right. Yes. Um, Sean's exactly right. It, it, so right before we started, I found a treasure trove of videos, interviews, pictures of like a ton of Ed and Lorraine's um, like investigations and people going to the house and interviewing them. Like after they passed, Oh, Spoiler alert, Ed passed away and uh, Lorraine passed away in 2019. So they are no longer with us. But their estate, their kids, they've released like hidden tapes and hidden interviews. So I watched a ton right before this. And one is a, a camera crew are in like the haunted museum in their home. And like the door to this thing has deadbolts on it. And this room is filled with artifacts. Um, Ed is like straight up he's like some of the things in here can kill you like in a very real physical way i need you guys to be careful 
they're asking questions. They're asking about certain artifacts. And they said, well, why don't you destroy them? And Sean's exactly right. Ed's answer, he turns to him, he goes, well, um, these curses, these demons, these things, they live, they need a physical shell to be latched onto. If I destroy it, I run the risk of destroying the shell, the host, but the demon, the spirit will just like be free. And it's like free to go find another shell. So I keep them trapped in here. And as they're talking, they come across a specific artifact. And as they're talking about it, all the lights in the house and all the camera equipment shut off. And then they come back on and you can watch the video, but the guy who's like interviewing is like, so we just started this and everything shut off. And he looks at Ed and Ed goes, it's time for you guys to leave. And when he says that, you can like feel the severity and the guy's like, uh, yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) So needless to say, this place is a treasure trove of occult, paranormal, religious artifacts. And it has some very notorious artifacts in this place. And DJ and I are going to be covering a couple of them and they will be for our patron episode this week. So if you're interested in hearing about some of the craziest artifacts in this place that can literally kill you, head over to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod, where for $2 a month or however much you want to give, you'll have access to this bonus story and our whole catalog of bonus stories. And you'll support the podcast and help us continue to be able to do this. So we appreciate you. Uh, For our regular listeners, we'll be back in a moment. But for patron listeners, buckle up. Let's go. DJ, take it away. So we're in the museum, right? And somebody in chat brought up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness of my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Dude, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back, re- regular listeners. You missed DJ diving into one of the scariest artifacts uh, in the Warrens Museum, something I had you no definitely idea. I'd never heard of that. Into. Yeah, for real, that thing that that was terrifying. Um, I guess, are you guys down if we do this? Make this a part two, like a two parter? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
So I feel like in this episode, we've done really good at like uh, introductions to the Warrens, finding out about their past, their relationship with the paranormal, um, getting to know a little bit about the artifacts in their museum and their house. Um, but we have yet to touch on any of their most famous cases. And to really like give it a full time, maybe next week, Sean and I can share those cases. You guys oh, down you want me to hold off till next week? Is that chill, my guy? Yeah, yeah, that's chill. Are you going to, you have one more story from the museum though. So I will close tonight by talking about one of another scary artifact. And I think, uh, it's a, it's a doll. Oh, dolls, dude. Sorry for Uh, my language. No worries. And this thing is terrifying. Yeah. It hears you (laughs) and we'll curse you for it. Um, it's not quite as in depth or deep as, as DJ's doll story but i think uh everyone knows about one doll in the warren's uh museum and that's annabelle mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh which the this real about- annabelle looks nothing like the movie annabelle so i don't funny. know oh, which no, one's scary they're both terrifying well uh ed ed actually talks about it so really? i watched him talk about the case and he goes it's a very basic looking doll it's just a raggedy ann doll it, it doesn't looks look almost like the like the wendy's girl yeah. Yeah. Almost. It's just an old Raggedy Ann doll. Um, but this doll in the Warren's place is called the Shadow Doll. And let me describe it before you pull up a photo. Okay. Um, this thing is came to the Warrens. They were in an antique shop somewhere, and when they saw it, they instantly knew something was up with this. They're thing. like, this They're doll like, is haunted. Yeah. And actually they felt that, and when they asked the owner of the shop, he was only, he basically gave it away to them. He was super like, uh, take it, like it's yours. I don't want this thing. <laughs> he should have haggled a little bit at least. So they look at this thing, and this thing, when you see a picture of it, you'll understand it's a it's jarring, and they look closer at it. It's It's crafted out of parts of animals. So its head is covered in the feathers of crows. It has bones of different animals. And if you really dissect it, it has bones of humans in it. So through divining and figuring out where this thing came from, I don't know how, but Ed just very dryly explains this was created by a very evil man. And it was created with the sole purpose of harming others. Um, and the way it would do it is you would seek like sick this thing on people and they would see it in their dreams. And if it got close enough to them in their dreams, it would choke them and stop their heart. Oh, that's like a, who's that? Uh, you're my world, bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Freddie, Freddie uh, McNightmare, yeah, yeah. or Freddie whatever, Merc- yeah. Mercury, whatever. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, go ahead and pull up uh, a picture of the shadow doll. Ah, uh, hell no! This thing, this fool got on chainmail, dude. You see on the left? That Can looks like chainmail. So this uh, thing is crafted by like feathers of crows on on its head, and then like a ton of animal bones and then a ton of human bones on the inside. 
Uh, do you see this? I think they pointed this out in the video, actually. What? Look at its mouth. I yeah, think there's a, there's a human tooth in it. Oh, oh yeah. It has human hair, human teeth, and human bones. You're right. That's a, I forgot that. This that thing looks like detail. it, it uh, hunts Chucky. Dude, this thing looks like it's <laughs> looking at you, bro. <laughs> Making eye contact. It probably is, Sean. Dude, yeah. it's coming for you in your dreams, too. Like, you can't defend that. This is like the final evolution of Chucky. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So this is way more terrifying than Annabelle. Yeah, exactly. Somebody dude, in chat like, Why don't we talk too. about this thing? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's basically the, the extent of it. Um, I'm very interested. Maybe before next week, I will watch those videos as well. Or see DJ, you say. can go through them and see if there's more stories from the museum you can share next week. Yeah. Yeah, the um, museum looks so fun, dude. So Let's go let me just, spend the night. Let me just wrap this up by saying that initial encounter I talked to you guys about where Ed's in his office and that thing hits him. Uh-huh. He was investigating one of the most famous paranormal cases in American history at the time. They had just come from a home in Long Island, New York. And in a place known as Amityville. A little place. And <laughs> next week, I will dive deep into that case and the uh, details of that and like what was sprung from that. So with that, oh, and Sean has a fun case that he's going to cover next week as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm excited. Of course, to I have Halloween themed. Ooh, howl a ween. The only werewolf case that the Warrens <gasps> investigated. I've That's never crazy. heard it, so I'm Neither excited to hear I. it as well. Yeah. Cool. I actually listened to a case where they um, hunted a real life vampire. So maybe we'll cover that what next week the, as well. Oh my gosh, yeah, bro. dude. Uh, but Is Van Helsing, say, dude? I'm excited uh, that we got to cover this and dive deep into it. Um, I'm going to try to power through the book and next week we'll have some, we'll wrap up the Warrens, but uh, that's it for me tonight. That was fun, dude. I'm, I'm excited to to get further into this. I'm going to watch those videos. I'll, I'll throw it in the Discord, too, if people want to yeah. watch along. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Charles, for doing all this work. Charles has an impressive uh, outline of uh, the Warrens within our, our notes. And he's, uh, yeah, literally halfway through. The last half looks way more dense, though. Yeah. I think we'll pick and choose a couple. Okay. And then uh, and just go with dive it. deep into those. And then yeah. we can just kind of touch back on them every once in a while. You never know. Yeah. Mm. But I, I like that we're doing this. We're diving deep because now I feel like as listener and as like a group or a collective, it's like we have a more comprehensive understanding of a certain subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now we can like reference like back to it. It's easier for the listener and almost for us too. It's not so all over the place. It's way more nuclear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I didn't... I don't know how much I thought of that effect, you know, when we're talking about doing deep dives, but cool. it's something that I'm about anyway. But thank you, Charles. Excited for next week. Yep. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Keep sending in your stories. Send them to, you can go to our website. We have a link there where you can send your stories. We've been getting a lot. So our, our reserve is building up Yeah. Um, and we'll do a listener story episode coming up soon. Go ahead. Anyone can join our discord. You can go to our link in our bio and Instagram. Yeah, what's it called? Does it have a name? Uh, just 
the 3 a.m scary the, stories podcast the 3 a.m scary stories podcast on discord join the discord i if just you guys sent the wanna, link in chat there you if go, you yeah. want to help us research future stories uh reach out to us and we'll get you added to the research team if you um, know of a story that we haven't even heard of too yeah. hit us up on that discord as well and be like yo y'all don't even know like I said, speaking to the structure of the research team, originally when I thought of this idea, I thought it would be cool to have somebody. So like since they're kind of topical, like these episode deep dives, let's say me, Sean, and Charles say, okay, this is the topic I'm doing on this week. Each of us give those topics. Whoever's Originally, I thought it would be best for whoever's most versed on that topic to like take it. I don't know. It can be more of a community thing. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, like Sean was saying, there are obviously things that we don't know about. There are topics that uh, you guys have suggested to us. So we're open to you guys taking the initiative as the researchers to building, you know, these these stories, these deep dives and uh, giving them to us. So if you, that's something you already do, like some people already do that. Some people in the chat today on discord, were talking about like, I do this already. So this like, it only like, this will be more fun. Cause it has more of a purpose. Like I'm doing it for you guys. <laughs> um, cool. So if that sounds like you or something that you're, you're into, then we'd love to have you. So it's, I guess in beta testing more or less right now. And uh, we'll see how it goes, but. Sweet. With that, okay. anything else? Nope. Try I love you. Be safe. Trust your gut. Watch your pat. Be careful out there. And okay, uh, yeah, have a good spooky season, everybody. Love y'all. Yeah. Yep. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Three AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface, to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Hold up. 